Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily. Serious and indefensible breaches of public health regulations occurred on the 19th of August in Clifton. These breaches were either the result of collective crass stupidity or arrogant delusion or both. The event and the circumstances which flowed from it has damaged public confidence in our public system. And confidence wasn't high at the best of times. Well, that was Ceown Corlia, Sean O'Fergoyle, in September 2020 at the opening of an afternoon sitting of the Doyle. And he was referring to Golfgate, which was a political scandal that shocked Ireland in 2020, when high-profile politicians and public figures attended a large gathering at a time when the country was still in the grip of strict COVID restrictions. About 80 gathered at this upmarket golf course a week and a half ago. While involving Galway Independent TD Noel Grealish. Ireland's Agriculture Minister Dara Clary. Former Senator Donny Cassidy and two hoteliers in Clifton. He was followed by Jerry Buttermer. And then finally... EU Commissioner Phil Hogan. Now the charges against four men accused of organising the Oireachtas Society golf dinner in Clifton two years ago has been thrown out and those like Phil Hogan who saw their careers impacted are speaking out. We look back on the story of Golfgate and find out why it still angers many of us today. I'm Siobhan Maguire and joining me are two Irish and Sunday independent writers, Liam Collins and John Downing. File involving Galway independent TD Noel Grealish, former Senator Donny Cassidy and two hoteliers in Clifton over their alleged role in organising the Oireachtas Golf Society dinner during COVID restrictions last year will get underway in early January. It could now take five days to be heard with over 50 witnesses being called. None of the four men Liam Collins, what is Golfgate and what happened? It revolves around a, a two-day golf outing by the Oireachtas Golf Society on the 18th and 19th of August 2020. It uh, finished with a dinner in the Station House Hotel in Clifton. And this dinner was attended by over 70 people and it was decided by the Director of Public Prosecutions that this did not comply with the COVID regulations then in force at the time. 
And the question a judge had to decide, was this one event, as the prosecution claimed, or was it two events because the room was divided into two with 45 people on one side and 36 on the other? And at the conclusion of the three-day trial in Galway, uh, Judge Mary Fahey decided emphatically that it was two events and that therefore it had complied completely with the uh, regulations in force on the 19th of August 2020. All charges were dismissed and all the um, the four defendants were exonerated completely. All charges have been dismissed in the case against two politicians and two hoteliers accused of breaching COVID-19 regulations. She was satisfied the organiser did everything in conjunction with hotel management to comply with the rules and she threw out all the charges. John Downing, Phil Hogan has indicated that he may look for compensation from the EU over his resignation in August 2020 in the wake of Golfgate. Um, you've you've actually managed to have a chat with him yourself, haven't you? Yes, he has been very sparing in, in his in his outing in his media outings since. Uh, he was obliged to resign in extraordinary circumstances, un- unprecedented circumstances, on the 26th of August uh, 2020. Uh, he, has only, he spoke to uh, his own old local paper, the Kilkenny People, at one stage subsequently, and not, not much else since. So it was, in a sense, revisiting it. He had spoken to the French newspaper Liberation, who were focused mainly on the EU aspect of the case. Most unusual uh, to have a commissioner um, be obliged to leave their job in these circumstances. And uh, big issues about the independence of the European Commission, which is not just pie in the sky. It's very important, for example, for smaller member states like Ireland, who see the Commission as the defender of their rights. Um, So... He believes, or he he argues, and many in Brussels would agree with him, that uh, there was undue influence from Dublin in the way in which he was obliged to quit his job. So that that whole whole thing was is playing since since Monday morning. I spoke to him subsequently, focusing more on the domestic side of it, the implications for the Taoiseach Michal Martin and more specifically for the Tánaiste and Fine Gael leader, Leo Varadkar. Now, at the time, John, of the whole Golfgate debacle, we weren't talking about much else in this country. And and for good reasons, you know, we were heavily um, guarded by these restrictions in terms of how many people could attend events, uh, where we could go, what we could do. And, and so it it didn't sit well to have a group of politicians um, attending a golf event that the rest of us potentially couldn't have done. Yeah, I mean, that was the difficulty. We, we were, uh, by then, we, we had uh, had a small taste of freedom in the summer of 2020. Things by, by August, the 19th of August was the day at this notorious politician's uh, dinner after the, uh, their golf outing at Clifton took place. And there was uh, growing, the nation was beginning to be, become heartily fed up 
with these rolling restrictions and lockdowns. Remember also at that stage, a three-county lockdown for the Midland counties of Kildare, Leash and Offaly had come into uh, place as well. So yes, there was, when, when news of the, of the uh, dinner after this golf outing came out, the Oireachtas Golf Society, a collection of politicians, former politicians and connected friends, there was a view that there was one law for them and another one for us. Yeah, the, and the public agitation, I, I think, uh, Liam, arose from the fact that, you know, people were were under these restrictions. One rule for for one set of people, uh, another rule for for everyone else. Um, you know, uh, people couldn't have um, large gatherings at weddings or funerals. Um, so it, it just really hit a nerve to think that a group of very prominent people were off playing golf, enjoying themselves, having a lovely, lovely dinner in a nice hotel when the rest of us simply couldn't do that. Yeah, there. I I don't know if, if that's quite the case, really. I mean, at the time, and this has been kind of forgotten in the Ferrari that followed, the government were actually actively encouraging people to go on stickations. And, you know, the, the Station House Hotel in Clifton was actually full that night. I know 54 of them were golfers, but there were a lot of families. There were an, uh, an awful lot of other people staying in hotels. And that was part of government policy. Now, it was changing. And one of the guests, as we know, at the uh, the, 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 the great survivor of, of what became known as Golfgate, um, Seamus Wolfe, who was, had just been appointed to the Supreme Court, I mean, he made the point in his evidence uh, to the trial in Galway that there were 25 rule changes in his term in the Attorney General's office. So in the weeks before this event, and that people were trying desperately to keep up and and know what was, the rules were changing so fast that nobody quite knew uh, what they were. The only thing I think is that golfers kind of do lose a sense of perspective when it comes to playing a game of golf. I'm not a golfer myself, but once they're asked to play golf, they just seem to lose all kind of um, reason. Was this a good idea? Of course it wasn't a good idea, but it had been arranged for a long time. It was a tribute to Mark Killalay, who was a great Fianna Fáil um, person. And I think they may have, they did consider deeply whether it should go ahead and they decided that it should go ahead because it complied with all the regulations. Yeah. And John, you know, as Liam mentions there, they, the charges against the four have been dismissed. They were vindicated, but an awful lot of heads have rolled. And as a result of this, and, you know, Phil Hogan included, there is a, a sense now that perhaps these people were unfairly targeted, that they should never have lost their jobs. What's your own feeling about this now? Veteran politicians will tell you that, uh, you know, that this, is, this is not without precedent in politics, that sometimes it's, it's, it's such a brutal business that sometimes you have the execution first 
And later, then, you have the trial and subsequent exoneration, but it's all too late. We saw it in November 2017 when the then Connacht Minister for Justice, Francis Fitzgerald, was obliged to resign. A very arcane uh, row about who knew what and when. We saw it. Uh, she was subsequently exonerated completely by an inquiry some years later. We saw the same thing in 2010 when the then Minister for Justice, uh, Willie O'Dea of Fianna Fáil, was obliged to resign. Uh, again, subsequent inquiries uh, gave him a clear, a clear bill of health on the, on the issues at, uh, in question. But again, all too late, almost a year later. There is an argument uh, that that trial by media is not good enough that uh, well-placed and better-off people are um, as entitled to justice and fair play as the next one. Justice and fair play is not just uh, the, uh, the the prerogative of, of, the, uh, of the poorer people and disadvantaged people. There's, um, there, there, there is all of that line of argument. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, reparation is very hard hard to come by in public life and politics. The uh, the people who lost position, some of them in, in the case of Phil Hogan, he lost a complete career. Some of them, for example, Derek Leary lost a minister, uh, lost a cabinet seat, but he continued to, to have a day job as a TD. Similarly, Jerry Bottomer, who was the deputy chairman of the Shannon, he continued as a senator. Phil Hogan just lost the whole lot. In respect of his role as a, as a European Union commissioner, I've said this before, Tonishta has said this, he has performed well as a commissioner. Uh, and and that's, that's not something I'm going to uh, resign from in terms of his performance as a commissioner. But and I have meditated on this uh, very seriously in the last few days. And, of course, I've come to the conclusion that I should remove this distraction. And he argues that there should be some form of process, uh, not just uh, a sort of trial by media and, and politics and being called upon uh, to, to resign. So, so he, he, does, he does have a point for future reference there. Yeah. And I mean, you have two other cases. You have Sean O'Rourke, who lost uh, a gig in RTE as a result of his his participation in it. And I think you had then the extraordinary uh, uh, events surrounding uh, Seamus Wolfe, the former attorney general who was just about to take over a job in the Supreme Court. I mean, he came under ferocious pressure from friends in friends and colleagues in in the legal profession to uh, to resign as a result of this. Uh, I mean, three uh, senior judges turned up at the door of his house one night and told him he had to go. And you know, only for he seems to be—I don't know the man at all—but he seems to be a very strong-willed character. He said, "No, I'm not going," and. Um, and he has now been vindicated in that stand. But it looks like the legal profession also got it all wrong about one of their own. And one wonders if he had resigned. Well, one doesn't wonder. One knows that if he had resigned, he would have lost the job and uh, he wouldn't get it back. So it is a it is a fairly uh, um, big price to pay for, for a round of golf. 
And I guess that while Galway District Court dismissed all the charges, we can't really say the same in terms of the court of public opinion, can we? No, there are people who still uh, who still think it was morally wrong and they make their own comparisons about funerals of loved ones they couldn't attend and weddings. And that's okay. But those, you know, people had to had choices to make. Some people made very restrictive choices about their own lives and what they would do. Others had a broader opinion. And all this may we may be able to look back on it one day a bit more dispassionately dispassionately when when COVID has completely gone or has been, as it seems now, to be under control. But there was also, I think, and um, there was another political narrative as well. I mean, some of the vociferous cr- critics of this golf game were from Sinn Féin, you know, and it suited them because the Bobby Story funeral in Belfast had been a major story where absolutely social distancing among uh, supporters of Sinn Féin and uh, its former military wing, you know, had absolutely flaunted the laws in and re- restrictions in place at the time. So there was that, it, that was there in the background as well. It wasn't just people who couldn't attend funerals. It was, uh, it suited some people who had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when, as well as, the, you know, the Bobby Story funeral, then um, even even after Golfgate, we had Zapone Gate, um, Mary, uh, you know, the, the Marion Hotel uh, controversy, Champagne Gate, uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs. We've we've had we've had a, a multitude of, of these so-called events that that may or may not have have breached regulations. Yeah, and I think one of the things that is uh, we need, I suppose, uh, uh, more more ready-made uh, regulations and and uh, legal systems to deal with these situations. They should be on the shelf, ideally, and ready to activate. One of the things that we have learned is the difference between and uh, it, it came up as as Liam was saying there. Can we we had the bizarre situation of a Supreme Court judge giving evidence to a district court judge, the the lowest rung of the judicial ladder. And he came across very strongly on the difference between uh, what is law, what is uh, a legal directive, and what is uh, uh, public health advice and guidelines. All of these kind of become rolled up in a ball, confounded and messed up, so we need, we do need to be, to be fair to people into the future and to avoid recurrence of this. We, we do need uh, a, a clearer view of, of, of the difference between these things and what they are. Uh, it, it was certainly, it was a bizarre uh, amount of regulation just pouring out uh, of government buildings. Sometimes logistically, it takes a while for that stuff to be written up and and distributed around. So uh, that was one of the one of the problems with Golfgate specifically. Uh, guidelines were up to d- updated guidelines had not been uh, disseminated. So these are all issues that must be addressed, and they, they have a great importance for a variety of reasons, not just the efficiency of dealing with uh, 
public health crisis, but also to be fair to people and give people their due subsequently in the case of disputes. Yeah. Where do you see uh, this going now with Phil Hogan, John? Well, he has uh, said he, he's not ruling out uh, the, the question of legal action. Uh, he has a big decision to make there because uh, he would be going into an area without precedent. It would be marathon proceedings, uh, difficult scenario. He is, uh, meanwhile, building a career uh, based uh, in, around Brussels, offering strategic advice uh, mainly to business and to others uh, as to, to how to, to deal with international public affairs. So uh, I, I, we, we, we shall see in due course what, what decision he makes on that. I, uh, there is no way back for him uh, to the EU system, and he has ruled out going into politics in any shape or form. But uh, I think the bigger question of the independence of the Commission, we will hear an awful lot more about that. Uh, what's happened to um, the, 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 this golfing um, annual party now? Is it completely scrapped? Oh, I don't think so. I think uh, Donny Cassidy uh, was uh, fairly trenchant afterwards that this will uh, w- will come again. Uh, that there will be the Oireachtas Golfing Society didn't die that day in Clifton on the nineteenth of August, but. He also made the point, and uh, as uh, you know, it, it was quite amusing in the court, the amount of people who 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 played golf and who didn't play golf. Uh, but the golfers uh, from the Oireachtas Society insisted that, uh, you know, this had a wider significance. It sometimes brought uh, members of the parliaments in Britain and Northern Ireland to play golf with their their uh, colleagues in in the uh, Irish Parliament, and so that uh, th- a lot of backroom work or uh, alliances uh, could have been made over golf and. It seems a lot of alliances are made over golf in business, so I don't know why uh, politics could be any different. The final word to you, John. Do you think that Golfgate will continue to haunt those who attended or will public opinion eventually be a little bit more forgiving? I sincerely hope that that the time has come for us to move on and I think that would be part of the greater moving back towards what we can remember as normal life, uh, BC before COVID, uh, and uh, you know, it, it some the answer, the short answer is, are we looking at the end of COVID? Let's hope we are. Uh, and in that case, I think life will very quickly move back to what it was before all this awfulness. Well, my thanks there to John Downing and Liam Collins, writers at the Irish and Sunday Independent. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today's episode was presented and produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan and Neve Dunn, recording by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Clips from independent.ie, The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk, RT61 and RT9 O'Clock News, CNN, Eroctus TV, and Galway Talks on Galway Bay FM. You can follow the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>